Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Never felt more square. That's the first time I've heard him call square in my life. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 27 of the Fantasy Hipsters podcast. You got your guy Matt Franchise here, my buddy Matt Harmon on the other side of the country still, bro, you're still over on the East Coast, what are you doing? What's going on? For now, for now, this is this is my last day, I will fly out of here. I've got like the best flight situation in the world when you come you know, back from the East Coast to, to the West Coast because you gain those three hours and so I'm like leaving here at at like 10 30 p.m east coast time and i'll get back to la like 12 30 a.m uh so it's kind of nice and also it's great because i can you know go to the airport and like have a few beers before i get on the plane so i can fall asleep yeah because it'll be night and i'll be tired and like i won't feel weird about it because like when i flew out here to, to come here then it's like well, I'm flying out at like 9.30 in the morning. Like, is it really appropriate for me to sit here and like slam back a couple beers and like be tipsy before I walk onto an airport? Like, is that is right. that really, is that a normal, well-adjusted thing to do? But since I'm flying back at night, I feel pretty good about it. No, no, nobody will judge you for that since you're flying at night. But I mean, yo, time zones don't exist in airports. Everyone's drinking all the time. It is true. It just feels odd. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, all I've had today is a couple pieces of toast. Yeah, I'll have a, I'll have a beer. Thank you. Yeah. What is, what is my life? You begin to question your existence at that point, right? Which is something like I'm kind of always steady doing, anyways. So this just adds to it. But now it's been, a, it's been a good trip back here. Always great to see family and friends, and you know, I only get to do it pretty much like once a year at this point. Yeah. Um, so which is i'm lucky that i do but i'm ready to be back in la man it's hard to be you know because we're in like the dead point of the nfl offseason like nothing's really going on right now like no, there's no pressing assignments do so it's like hard to get motivated like i got stuff i want to be doing but it's like it's hard to get motivated when you're like you're at your childhood house and you're like well i can just like screw around all day yeah. so it's been a, i'm ready to be back and like get into the zone and see chuck holy oh, help so ready to see. yeah Alex is like kind of helping me coordinate the reunion because it's like I'm going to be walking into the apartment at like, you know, one o'clock in the morning when he's going to be asleep. But, you know, Chuck is going to be ready to ready to party. So it's hard to say with how this is going to go. That should be quite a reunion. You better record that on on video. We will do our best. Um, And when we record me on video, 
uh, you will likely still, even though I'm flying, you can't, you cannot not look good when you're flying. There's, I have strong opinions on this. Like people that are just like, oh, I'll just, I'll just hop onto the airplane. Like I haven't showered and I just, I'm just trying to be comfortable. Disagree. You should still look good when you're flying. And the best way to do that is to get yourself some vintage inspired handmade grooming products for the modern day man by none other than the presenting sponsor of Fantasy Hipsters Podcast, Do Champs Grooming. That's right, buddy. So you go to dochampsgrooming.co. That's the website where you can buy the stuff. You go into the shop. You pick out what you need. You, you know, you got a big holiday holiday weekend coming up. You might be traveling. Like you said, you want to look good traveling. Throw some hair wax in. Throw some beard oil on. Get that beard glistening and moisturized for the hot summer weather. Dochampsgrooming.co. We got a promo code for our listeners. It's hipsterspod. One word. You get 15% off at dochampsgrooming.co. Do it right now and thank us later. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. And go and go follow them on social media while you're at it. And right. uh, check them out there. Yeah. Get, you know, they got some good Instagram pics and, and stuff. So anyways, this so anything you want to report on on your end? What's going on with you? I saw you posted some golf pictures. I was golfing yesterday. It was about 103 degrees in the valley out here, but me and my boy, uh, my buddy, we, we toughed it out. We're, I'm still dehydrated, and my back is really sore. Um, I didn't play so well because I haven't played since March. But it was, uh, it's just nice to be on a golf course. I love playing golf. It's one of my, my hobbies. You know, I've been playing for like 15 years, and you know, it's just fun to be out there. So that was a good time. And last week, I saw Alabama Shakes at a pretty small venue out here. And they're, uh, I know they're one of your favorite bands, and you, miss, you missed it, man. You were on the wrong coast, bro. I know, and as soon as I saw you post that, I think I just replied, "Oh, because yeah, I was very, I yeah. was very upset that you were there, and um, I was not. So yeah, yeah, they are one of my favorite bands. Them and Dolls are like two of my favorite bands that I I have yet to see live, and um, yeah, pretty annoyed about that. Uh, so <laughs> thanks for rubbing it in, pal. Gotta get. Hey, by the way, go- golf. Don't you think that's like the least hipster thing you could possibly do is to play golf? Mm, yeah it's kind of like a preppy thing right yeah it's like an elitist thing you know that's the way i view golf and you know full disclosure like my mom is a member of a you know a a country club here in the well like a really crappy excuse for a country club here in like right white dc suburbia uh but like (laughs) it's it is a country club she golfs a lot and i view it as kind of like this annoying elitist thing and like i i I don't mind and i don't mind playing golf but i'm also pretty upfront with the fact like i'm a fake hipster so i I don't know i just i think it's just kind of like yeah it definitely seems like the anti-hipster thing to do is to play golf see but you can play golf and be a hipster at the same time the way you do that is you know like your your woods like your your driving uh clubs the the fairway woods and stuff if you use the old school ones that are actually made of wood then you're playing golf like a hipster yeah okay okay i i see your point there that makes you're sense. using these these titanium hybrid metal graphite shaft no no that's not the hipster way to play golf you you got to get your your brick on a stick putter and your actual wood wood brick on a stick <laughs> And then you're playing golf like a hipster. So that's how I do it. All right. Well, there you go. There's some good golf hipster tips. Well, we've got a pretty good, uh, I would say for, for you know, mid-June here, end of June, really. Like, we got a pretty good uh, good discussion to have today. And this was your idea. So why don't you bring us in on what we're talking about today? Yeah. So, you know, every summer uh, there's some hype generated around certain players. And we get some early ADP, average draft position data 
Um, so some of that's coming through on some websites like Fantasy Pros. And I was just kind of going through the list, and I'm like, man, some of these guys are, are being drafted so high right now. And I think it's just because there's been hype generated. Maybe they had a strong season last year or just um, off-season storylines, like a guy like Marshawn Lynch has generated some buzz because he's back. And he's, he's going as the RB10 right now, according to Fantasy Pros, which is a little bit too rich for my blood. So I said, let's, let's each pick a few players who we think are being valued too highly. Um, and, you know, because we're the contrarians here as the fantasy hipsters, we're, we want to shoot down everyone's hopes and dreams and tell you why you might want to reconsider buying into some of these, the hype on some of these certain players that we think are overvalued heading into the dog days of the summer. So grab your IPA. I dig it. Grab your IPAs and pull up a chair, you bums. Sick. All right. I dig it. Well, hey, before we, before we start, I wanted to say this off air, but I'll just say it on air now. Why don't we call this like... Eh, why don't you relax? I would call the segment that, like, eh, why don't you people relax? Eh, all right, I like that. Like, people need to just relax with some of these, some of these guys, because you know we're saying hype, whatever. Hype is too mainstream of a term. Everybody said everybody's doing like a "don't believe the hype" episode right now. We got to do something a little different. It's like, eh, why don't you people relax? You know, something a little more sarcastic and you know obnoxious as we're wont to do on this podcast. I'm into that. So, all right, cool. Well, you want to? We each got five guys here. I think we all did. We we both did some running backs and wide receivers because who cares about quarterbacks and tight ends? Um, yeah. But w- what do you think? Well, you want to you want to go ahead and start right. it off? This is I'll, your idea, so yeah, I'll start it off. I'm gonna. My first guy I want to talk about is Jordy Nelson, Packers wide receiver. Right now, he's going as wide receiver six, which I understand he he had 14 touchdowns last year, but. Look, the guy's aging. Um, we've already saw signs of him slowing down last year. Like we, we've talked about a few times, he he couldn't get good separation when he was lined up wide early in the season. They had to shift him into the slot for him to kind of find that success again, which is fine. You know, they're they're finding where he fits and where he can be successful for the team. That's fine, but it's also a sign that he's aging um, and he's slowing down. He's he's 32 years old heading into this season. So Jordy Nelson. You know, we might he's past his prime here, and I don't think he's worth wide receiver six. Uh, he led the NFL last year with 31 red zone targets, 11 of which were t- uh, touchdowns. Devontae Adams was actually tied for second in the NFL with 23 red zone targets. So two Green Bay Packers led the league, you know, first and tied for second for red zone targets. That is definitely not going to happen again. Um, Green Bay was second in pass-to-run ratio. They passed the ball 64.68% of the time last year um, because, A, they lacked reliable options out of the backfield. B, they were trailing more often than I think people are used to the Packers trailing. Um, Aaron Rodgers had a career-high 610 pass attempts last year. So I think that number is going to come down. They didn't have any reliable options out of the backfield. Ty Montgomery is a converted wide receiver they were using back there. Like we talked about last week, um, he had some issues in pass protection, but they've bolstered their running back stable. Ty Montgomery's had a whole offseason to sort of work, hone his skills as a running back. They drafted two pretty solid rookies. They also added Martellus Bennett into the mix of pass catchers, um, who arguably he's better than the Jared Cook, Richard Rogers duo at tight end they had out there last year. Um, and just so, so I think that's going to steal some targets, especially red zone targets away from Jordy in the end zone. If Bennett, who is a huge monster 
red zone beast out there can attract some looks. And just one other note on uh, Jordy Nelson's age here. Our friend uh, Mike Taglieri uh, over at Fantasy Pros, he found this stat on Jordy Nelson. There have been just two of 71 wide receivers over the last 10 years who have finished inside the top five at age 32 or older. So the odds are against Jordy Nelson to return that wide receiver six value. And that's why I'm definitely going to be skipping over him in the first round. So I think I'm with you there. And I know we talked about a few episodes ago saying like, I think I was, I was saying like, I don't really want to take any green Bay wide receivers at their ADP, including yeah. Nelson and, and like definitely Adams and probably even Randall Cobb too. Um, I think it's a situation where it'll be a little bit more spread out than last year. And I think, I think Nelson is teetering closer to that age cliff, but let me just for, for devil's advocates sake, cause like I feel the same way as you, but I also feel a little ridiculous arguing against, you know, Jordy, Jordy Nelson, who's been a great receiver. He's Aaron Rodgers, number one guy. Let me just devil's advocate run through the, with you, the receivers going afterwards and see if you would take Nelson over them. Like, so would you take Nelson, Nelson or T Y Hilton? I'd probably take Hilton. Okay, Nelson or Michael Thomas? Uh, I would go Thomas for the upside. Nelson or Des Bryant? There, I'd probably go Jordy Nelson. I think there's a good discussion to have on Des because I think I think I like Des more than some other people do, and but I don't think I'd want him as a as like a wide receiver one because I think like. He'll be he'll be more, he'll be pretty like touchdown dependent, but I also think like those touchdowns are gonna come and yada yada. But yeah, that, that one's a tough debate. What about uh, Nelson or Amari Cooper? Probably Nelson. Yeah, and then the next two guys that are like the rest of the top twelve receivers in fantasy pros ADP are Brandon Cooks and DeAndre Hopkins. I would assume you'd go Nelson over those guys too. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so yeah, I mean he's definitely. I, I agree with you. It's just also hard. Like how far can you, how much farther can you justify pushing him down on the board? But it does like, I see that wide receiver six price on Jordy Nelson and I feel uncomfortable with it too. Yeah. So basically what we just determined is I would be sliding him down from six to, uh, the eighth spot between mm-hmm. Thomas and Des. Yeah. I Pretty mean, much. that's only, it's only two spots and I feel like I'm splitting hairs a little bit, but he's so like, he's Wide receiver six, that's crazy, man. I don't know. Yeah, well, anytime you're arguing between like first and second round fantasy picks, I think you're splitting hairs a little bit anyways. But like, because I mean, I don't know if any of these guys we're going to talk about today we think should be, well, maybe with some exceptions should be like, you know, fifth or sixth round picks. But yeah, you're splitting hairs. But I just think it's a good exercise to go with like, all right, so if you're passing up this guy on the board, like, who would you rather take? Like we did a similar thing with Alshon the other the other week, I think, yes, and it was yeah. a little it was illuminating for me to think like, okay, actually, there's not that many guys I would like take, I, I would take over him. So maybe I like him more than I do. But all right, so cool. I but I think we're pretty much on the same page with uh, with Nelson that the price is uncomfortable. But it's just hard to like how far can you really push him down? Right, right, right. Yeah. Cool. All right. So who's uh, who's your first guy you want to talk about? So my first one, and I'm going to default to a take I had last year, and I still I still think Todd Gurley is overvalued at running back 11. You know, last year I wrote the article that I didn't think he should be a top five running back. I certainly didn't think he should be a top five pick. Um, I didn't expect him, you know, to crater to like a sub running back 20 finish, but he did. Um, now, I saw our our pal Alex Gelhar tweet out a pretty good note on Todd Gurley coming from the next-gen stats that 
one of the new stats they're doing is like how many yards away a defender is within, or you know, how often before a defender was within one yard of a running back, and Gurley averaged negative 0.7 yards before a defender was within one yard of him. So he was obviously getting hit in the backfield a lot. He's met with defenders quickly. Uh, I think that speaks to the blocking issues that you have in San- well in Los Angeles. And I do think that part of his outlook has to look at least a little bit better with uh, Andrew Whitworth coming on as a left tackle. He's a really good player. He's an older, he's an older guy, a veteran that you know, he's been one of the best left tackles in the game for the last several years. I think that will help them. Getting uh, Greg Robinson out of there is also a good thing because Greg Robinson is awful. Um, but so I think the line play could be a little bit better for Gurley. But how much better are we really expecting the offense to be for him to be a running back one? Uh, he had so much volume last year. And I also think that we could see some of that decrease just on pure game scripts because last year Gurley did start to get involved in the passing game more which made a lot of sense because like he was a he was a really good receiver in um in at Georgia in college but then it was just like it was mind-numbing like Fisher's first year he only had 21 catches or his first year there with Fisher he only had 21 catches last year he did get 58 targets 43 receptions um but you saw his yards per reception come down which is just natural but I also think like they've been pretty insistent that they like Lance Dunbar who they signed I think they signed Sean McVay got was pretty was pretty influential on that signing and he kind of wants him to be his Chris Thompson who was you know a high snap player for Washington and like never an elite threat for fantasy or whatever but definitely played a role uh, in the past game and I think we could see Lance Dunbar be that guy so I just don't think there's like a high touchdown upside for Gurley I don't think there's like a high efficiency upside for Gurley because you know the the situation is is just so poor and uh i i don't know it just it can't, like count me out at, at running back 11 and you know kind of the same thing that i was talking about with uh with with well i don't really want to take any of the running backs in this range like you're looking at guys after him leonard fournette lamar miller like gross all of those guys are pretty unappealing to me so yeah. uh no none of those running backs like i don't see the big difference between Gurley's outlook and Isaiah Crowell's outlook at you know running back eleven and running back fifteen respectively, but I think Crowell was, was a was a better player last year than Gurley, and you know that's sacrilegious whatever to say. I don't care, like it's the facts. So Yo, I don't know. That's actually a crazy comparison, Gurley and Crowell, because they're both on terrible offenses, um, and Crowell just doesn't get the praise because. Gurley was this this renowned prospect coming out of school, and I don't. I think Crowell was undrafted, and I mean, you can make the argument that Crowell has been better than Gurley. You know, it's 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 kind of wild. He just doesn't get the uh, he doesn't get the credit. Yeah, well, Crow. I mean, Gurley is the ultimate example, like why you don't make fantasy decisions based on quote unquote talent, because right. Even if you thought Gurley was a great player coming into the league, which I did too, and like he showed some of that greatness in the, his first few games in the league before kind of slowing down, at least from a yards per carry perspective in his rookie year, like you just don't know what is like you just don't know. It's like talent can be fluky year to year. Like he can be an overall great player, and he can have you know a couple of really poor seasons, or you know there were some there were some minor like whispers that you would hear out of the broadcast or, or other places that maybe Gurley wasn't you know put in 
wasn't a hundred percent motivated or locked in or whatever, you know, that's nothing like I can sit here and confirm or whatever, but you did hear some whispers about that. And like that stuff all gets baked into quote unquote talent and can, uh, you know, skew a player's effectiveness stuff. Like we'll never really know for sure. So that's why you just, I'd much rather make a a situation, especially about a running back on a good, like good situation based. And I struggle to see like how Gurley's situation is so much better this year than it was last year. Yeah. All right, good good conversation there, man. I, All right, well, you got another running back here, so let's hear it. Oh, yeah, okay. So I know, like, everyone wants the nostalgia and everyone wants Beast Mode to be Beast Mode from 2014, but his ADP right now has him at running back 10. That means you're telling me there's only nine other running backs in the entire NFL you'd rather have on your fantasy team before Lynch? Nine? That's insane to me. He's 31 years old, which is old as hell for a running back. Um, like, yes, we, we all want the 1,200-yard double-digit touchdown we saw in Seattle. That was three full seasons ago. Uh, he, he also, when he was in Seattle, didn't have the kind of competition he's going to have in Oakland. Uh, we saw last year how Oakland used their running back committee Latavius Murray was the banger in the red zone, got all the touchdowns, and Jalen Richard and DeAndre Washington worked in uh, more, you know, in between the, as in between the twenties types guys. Uh, uh, they actually Jalen Richard and DeAndre Washington actually combined for 278 total rush attempts last year. So you have two guys combining for that many attempts. Like maybe there's say 200 left over for Lynch, depending. Which you know that's still a good amount, but that's give or take. That's just an estimate. I don't know. Uh, Murray, Latavius Murray last year had 40 rush attempts in the red zone. So I think what the Raiders want to do is use, use Lynch in the same role they had Murray in, that red zone goal line banger, which is fine. Maybe he gets 10 touchdowns, but he's going to be able to get 1,000, 1,100 yards in a, in a defined role like that at age 31 after taking a year off. Like, I know it's a high-powered offense. I know there's going to be all kinds of opportunities for touchdowns, but they have so many weapons there. They're going to spread it around. Um, And, uh, like, is that worth – is that, like, red zone banger worth RB10 in a redraft format? It's just too rich for me. Um, And let's define what the running back 10 has been the last three years. So in 2016, it was Mark Ingram – He had about 1,300 total yards and 10 total touchdowns. 2015, it was actually Latavius Murray. He also had about 1,300 total yards, six total touchdowns. That was the year all the running backs died, so that year was a little bit of an outlier with the touchdown total. Um, And then 2014, it was Jeremy Hill. He also had about 1,300 total yards and nine touchdowns. So for for Lynch to return running back 10 value, I just don't think he's going to have the volume and the yardage upside he needs to get there. And I don't see him. I just don't see it. Like that's, that's end of the first round, early second round running back pick. You're basically banking him on him as your, your high end running back too at that point. And that is just ludicrous to me. Yeah. So I just want to make a disclaimer here too. Uh, we're obviously using fantasy pro. I should probably set this up top. We're using fantasy pros ADP. And I think some people yes. might say like, Oh, why, why aren't you using MFL tens or whatever? Because obviously there's more sharp drafters, but I think too many people in the industry, like this is a, a total tangent. I won't go deep down it, but like, I think too many people right now, like using, we'll start like using MFL 10 ADP. And, and that's, I get it because 
you know, it's sharp drafters that are obviously prepared or whatever, but like home leagues or whatever, like our, just our wider view audience, like they're not going to be playing in MFL tens. And like, I think their ADP is going to be much more reflective of a site like fantasy pros, which takes in, you know, ESPN and fantasy football calculator and all those other sites. And like, as time goes on, you know, NFL.coms will be added in there, this, that, and the other. So I I agree that I'm glad we're using that as a source. And I think that's going to be the difference of a thing. Like we see Marshawn Lynch here is running back 10. I'm looking at MFL 10 ADP. He's running back 16. You know, that's a pretty decent difference. Uh, You know, he's obviously going behind guys like, uh, Fournette, Lamar Miller, Joe Mixon, Isaiah Crowell, Christian McCaffrey or whatever, like, those players definitely, I think, in a home league, Lynch is probably going to go ahead of of those guys. Uh, but running back sixteen price feels like okay to me because I can definitely see like eight or nine touchdowns for Lynch. It seems like a lot, but I can also that's pretty easy for me to con- convince myself that he can get that unless he's like completely cooked. I just I don't, I really don't know. I- I'm glad you have a strong opinion on Lynch because I like right now I don't. Uh, I, I don't like really know where I stand with him just because he's such an unknown, like taking a, a the year away from football. Like, yeah. is that going to be better because he's fresher or like, I, I don't know. I mean, he was kind of like goofing around last year, you know, like doing <laughs> like doing videos with uh, those like Scottish guys playing bagpipes or all yeah. kinds of crazy stuff. So like we just I just feel like we have no idea what Marshawn Lynch uh is is gonna look like as an individual but the situation is pretty juicy so it's hard for me to to really completely write him off but i certainly don't want to invest it at a running back 10 price like i said this this whole range of running backs here kind of all the way from lynch down to uh you know running back 15 area is pretty unappealing it's like one huge question mark like I'd rather take another position in the, in this range, like a wide receiver who I know what he's going to give back to me than take a chance on a guy like Lynch so early. And then, like, if you risk a pick on a guy like Lynch so early who's a huge question mark, then your whole season could be shy, you know? Like, it, why why invest that much draft value in, in a question mark this early on? Like, is I don't think the risk is worth the return. And like you said, like, Lynch did all kinds of stuff last year. He did the Bear Grylls show. Uh, and in that interview, Bear Grylls was asked him what the highlight of his career was, and he said retiring. Like, yeah. like he's back because he wants to be involved in the community in Oakland and all that stuff. It's just like how much fire does he have to really like be want to you know put up huge numbers again? Like I feel like he's it's cool that he's back, but is he back for the right reasons? You know? Yeah, and even if he's back for the right reasons like he might be fine being a a bit player like yes, he might exactly. you know and the raiders the raiders might want to use more of their younger running backs like Richard who looked pretty good or DeAndre Washington who also had his moments and and they invested draft capital and so yeah Lynch feels like a pretty big uh, a pretty big unknown to me yeah all right so who you got next on your list buddy yeah so this is another like long time take for me being against Brandon Cooks <laughs> so <laughs> I'm defaulting to some pretty early ones here, but uh, but Cooks to me at wide receiver eleven, like get out of here with that. Like I've yet to hear, I've yet to hear one good, real, like substantive reason how moving to New Orleans or moving from New Orleans to New England is good for Brandon Cooks's fantasy value. Like, I mean, the the, the Saints are obviously everybody knows one of the most pass heavy teams in the league. Uh, like that's not the situation there in New England. Obviously, they, he has a great quarterback, but he had a great quarterback in New England. I think it, you know 
you can yeah. at best argue it's a Normal. slight uptick of a move. Yeah, excuse me. Yeah. So it's but yeah, there's just no real uh like I just don't don't see from a volume perspective how it's going to sort out like again, if you like they just re-signed Julian Edelman, I think that when the trade went down, you could at least tell yourself that well, they want to get uh they want to eventually move Brandon Cooks into that slot role, but I still don't feel uh like they're going to necessarily just give give away Edelman's targets to Cooks and you know Gronk is obviously still going to be there and he's been healthy in the offseason for once in his life and actually participating so uh and Graham Barfield actually tweeted out yesterday a pretty good pretty some pretty good context on the Patriots and their passing offense like last year they were 28th in pass rate which of course is obviously affected by Brady's first four the first four games being suspended but even before that in 2015 they were 7th then 4th then 15th 17th 20th and 10th going back to 2011 they've never been again like a high-flying passing offense with uh with 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 Brady there much like the Breeze Saints are like it's just a completely different game and then uh, Graham also tweeted that since Gronk joined New England uh the only there have only been two top 12 finishes in that span and Brandon Cooks right now is obviously going off the board as wide receiver 11 um you know these slot type of guys like Edelman and Welker still get theirs but it, at best you're saying that w- Cooks is going to split with Edelman for those targets like again Edelman's just not going to go away it's just and you know you could say like well Cooks is an efficient player he doesn't but if he's getting you know 90 targets like that's not a player you want to take at wide receiver 11 because obviously the predict the week-to-week predictability is going to be a freaking nightmare all on its own but like at 90 targets like that's just you you have no idea what you're getting from a season-long perspective you definitely it's nearly impossible to think that he could be a wide receiver one with that sort of volume so to me, just wide is just wide receiver eleven is is egregious for for Brandon Cooks of of all the players I talked about on this list. Like I, I would not take him in the top twenty receivers. I, I would take, I mean, gosh, like I'm looking at names like you know Tyree Kill at wide receiver twenty three, Terrell yeah. Pryor at wide receiver twenty four, and much less Edelman and Crabtree at wide receiver twenty two and twenty one. Like I feel much more comfortable projecting their outlooks. Than, than Brandon Cooks like again he's a good player um I don't think he's a number one receiver I've been on the record as with as that with is my take for a long time now but and I think the one thing that people do say is well Bill Belichick obviously likes him of course they're going to do some interesting things with him you know Belichick but it's not like Belichick doesn't like Julian Edelman or doesn't like Rob Gronkowski and just because you know these guys are like this guy's new he's suddenly going to be the funnel of the passing offense and you know Bill Belichick gets players to win football games he doesn't get players to to give them the volume they need to return their fantasy ADP and I just hard for me to come up with the argument of how Cooks pays back a wide receiver 11 price tag yeah man it's crazy it's like right after that trade happened Cooks you know Cooks outlook went from like a third round wide receiver to like end of first round and it's like what are you guys doing Julian Edelman's been there for years he was a top twenty-five receiver last year. You're just gonna, you're just gonna blow by Julian Edelman, who's who's BFS with Tom Brady, and think, oh well, he's not, you know, his value is gonna drop just because Cooks is there. No, like Edelman is the guy Brady's gonna look for first. Plus, their depth chart is so stacked, bro. Cooks, Edelman, Chris Hogan, Danny Amendola, Malcolm Mitchell, Andrew Hawkins, 
they they added Dwayne Allen at tight end, so they're going to have two tight end sets there with Gronk. Uh, James White can catch. Deion Lewis can catch. Rex Burkhead can catch. Mike Gillisley can catch all out of the backfield. There's not enough to go around, and this makes no sense to me for Cooks being that high. Great player. Also, we've heard in the past, like, it's the the Patriots offense is not the easiest offense for a guy to just pick up. So, right. You know, this might, there might be some growing pains there. So like you said, 90 targets, not what is it? Wide receiver 11. Yeah. 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 No way, man. Get that out of here. Yeah. It's, it's, it's tough, man. I, I just, I think I get, like, I get why people are, are taking the bump there because it's the Patriots and you know, everything they do is, is great or whatever. But when you really try to sp- to split up the pass offense there, it's just tough. Uh, it's tough to kind of to to find the volume. I'm looking at the uh, the top receivers in P- in PPR last year, yeah. and the lowest guy, the guy, the only guy without a hundred targets, the highest one was Tyree Kill at wide receiver twenty five. Uh, Richard Matthews was wide receiver twenty one in PPR with one hundred and eight targets. Um, then you know Adam Thielen, a guy wide receiver. Uh, 29 with 92 targets outside of that all the top 30 receivers all had 100 or more targets and um or 110 or more targets and i I just think it's tough to project brandon cooks to to walk into 110 targets in this offense uh with with everything else that's that's going on there and not to mention he's and like we said he's always been a streaky unpredictable player from a week-to-week perspective and now i don't i don't see how that situation's uh any better man i I love i love hating on the patriots it's not even like like their offense is going to be awesome this year but like for fantasy it's going to just be really tough to uh predict week to week like who who's going to be eating uh you know this coming week but uh here's it there you got a running back you don't think is going to be eating despite seemingly being in a pretty good situation you've got adrian peterson next for for your list yeah, and I've gone back and forth on this, and I've started to write an article about the Saints' backfield, and then been like, I don't have, I don't know where to get any proof for my argument. Like, there's no, it's just so hard to figure out what's going to happen there in that backfield. Um, Adrian Peterson right now is going at running back 19, um, I think 50th overall according to Fantasy Pro. So that's like the end of the fifth round in a 10-team redraft. Um, and yeah, he's generated a ton, a ton of hype. Um, the reports out of the Saints uh, offseason workouts have been positive, but let's let's remember these guys are running around with no pads and in shorts. So mm-hmm. a 31 year old Adrian, 32 year old Adrian Peterson, who, that's older than Lynch. Like that's old as hell, man. When's the last time two 32 year old running backs were taken like in the top 20 at their position? It's crazy that that these guys are going so high. And again, I think it's part of this nostalgia. People want these studs who've been studs for years, and they just kind of rely on that name value because they don't they don't recognize the new names around them. But like, yo, man, he's not a cyborg. He's had these all, multiple surgeries the last couple years. He's aging. And to me, in this in end of fifth round range, you could get a guy like Ty Montgomery. Like you mentioned, Tyreek Hill and Terrell Pryor are also in that range. I'd much rather go for a wide receiver like those guys or a Ty Montgomery where you at least know a little bit more of what you're going to get. Um, I mean, it, it, Peterson's going to be competing for touches with an in-his-prime Mark Ingram. I mean, Ingram had his first 1,000-yard season last year. You can argue with me that he's in his prime. I think he's in his prime. And then you got Kamar Aiken back there to soak up some receptions. 
Um, and it's just too much Peterson, and that entire backfield is too much of a mystery to me. I would, and I know we had Evan Silva on a few weeks ago, and he was really into Adrian Peterson, but that was also, we were talking about best ball leagues, mm-hmm. and that's a different story, and you mentioned the MFL 10 ADP. That's a whole different bag. In a redraft league, I'm staying away from Peterson in the fifth round. Um, it's just too much of a question mark, and I don't want to risk it. Yeah, I think this is again you good good point to bring up the difference between like you know consensus ADP versus MFL ten ADP because right now in, in MFL tens in June MFL tens uh, Peterson is going off the board at y, or running back thirty two and I love I love that price for Peterson you know yeah. especially in a best ball league but but even in a redraft league I mean that price for Peterson who. I mean, definitely has great TD upside there in New Orleans. I was definitely swayed by Evan Silva's argument for him. Me too. Uh, and I, I, like we both talked about, that was a good one. And even in some mocks I've done, I, like I did one with the uh, the Football Diehards magazine, I got Peterson around seven. I feel pretty good about that. Uh, but yeah, wide, running back 19 for a guy who... Definitely has some other players to contend with. Uh, I'm going to probably stay away at that in, in a traditional redraft league. But if he falls to the sixth, seventh round range, and again, depending on the construction of my roster, like if I've taken some early wide receivers and I would just want a guy who I think has good TD upside week to week, even if the floor is not great, uh, I then I'm fine with Peterson. But at running back 19, it's it's certainly a, that's a that's a bit of a, a frightening one. Yeah, man. And he's old and he's got injure, injuries and it's just like, ah. I want Peterson to the, be the beast he was too, but I just, I can't buy into it yet. You know, if the preseason comes and goes and like we see him like just demolishing people, then it'll be a different story, but it's too early to buy in at that, at that price. So, yeah, totally. Uh, but you know what you should be buying, or at least when it's going to be hitting here soon, Marciante and company's shoes. Because look, oh, these, yeah. guys, these guys are coming up. Uh, they're one of the new startup companies that we've been promoting on the podcast. So Marciante and company is a new quality shoe brand promising to revolutionize the industry. Their genuine leather shoes, boots, and accessories are made from top leathers and are carefully crafted to last a lifetime. The best part, it's not going to cost you half your paycheck because by selling, by selling directly to you online and cutting out those damn middlemen, Marciante and company is able to slash the retail price and pass along the savings to you. So they're launching their first line in July. We've gotten a sneak peek at what the shoes look like. Uh, we're probably going to be getting some in the mail this week, again, so we'll be pretty excited to tweet them out and all that sort of stuff. But right now, as they're preparing for their first launch, we've told you guys the last few weeks about following them on social media at Marciante and Company and checking out the website, MarcianteandCompany.com. However, they just started a new giveaway on their site when you go to MarcianteandCompany.com. They're doing a free shoes for life giveaway. And it's had a really terrific response so far. Uh, it's definitely something uh, you you definitely want to get into. Uh, it's going to be before the Kickstarter that they're going to be launching. And it's pretty much exactly what it sounds like. It's a pop-up on the website. It's going to instruct you what to do. And literally, if you win, they're giving away free shoes for life. So it's a sick deal. You definitely want to check this out. So go to marcianteandcompany.com and get ready for the next big thing in shoes. Yeah, man. If you don't go to the website, you won't get the pop-up, and then you can't enter the contest. Who doesn't want free shoes for life? I mean, I'm the kind of guy who buys a pair of sneakers or shoes and, like, wears them until there's holes in the bottom, you know? Some people buy shoes, like, every month. I'm not that kind of guy, but if I got free shoes for life, give me a new pair every month, bro, please, you know? 
This is seriously oh. only one way to do it. Marciantaincompany.com. There you go. Follow. They need help on their social medias too. So follow them before they launch so that they have a good presence. And uh, our hipsters listeners should be rewarded if, you know, they help help out a company who's uh, about to launch. We dig it. All right. Well, you know, what's not about to launch is uh, DeAndre Hopkins at wide receiver 12 this year. I mean, oh, this is another one. I guess, again, I'm doing the same thing. I wrote an article last year about how DeAndre Hopkins wasn't a first round pick in fantasy and I got slayed for it in the in the comments and the responses to the nfl fantasy handle well hmm. Hmm. you were right bro you were right (laughs) but anyways like i think we've talked about hopkins on on past episodes so we don't have to dig too deeply into it but he's really only succeeded in one sort of situation like returning high-end wide receiver one numbers uh, I, I like, and that was in the early 2015 part of the season when he was getting fed outrageous volume with a more competent quarterback than he gets credit for in Brian Hoyer, uh, who was able to elevate him a lot of that due to volume. But that was when the Texans were losing. They weren't able to stay on their preferred run heavy game scripts where they've always been a top five or six rushing team with Bill O'Brien uh, as the head coach. They weren't able to get on that game script because their defense was bad. They were losing games, but we saw in 20 in the latter part of 2015 Hopkins pace dropped back uh along with along with uh, Houston improving as a team so again I think they want to be on a script where Hopkins is not the you know volume absorber of the offense like uh, getting 192 targets as he did that year that is a situation where I think we'll see him more at 150 ish like he got last year and there was obviously a lot of week-to-week volatility volatility thanks to thanks to Brock Osweiler but is uh yeah, and uh, but is Tom Savage going to be so much better that he's going to vault him into back to wide receiver one territory? Is even a rookie Deshaun Watson going to be that good to vault him back up into that ter- territory in terms of catch rate and overall efficiency with those targets? I would question that. Um, and, and I just I I just think if you're buying him at wide receiver twelve, you're pretty much buying him at his absolute ceiling. Like I don't think he has, I don't think he has the situation right now to dictate that he has top ten or top certainly not top 5 wide receiver upside so you're getting him pretty you're paying for pretty much exactly what you can hope to get in the best case scenario and I can easily see him finishing more as like wide receiver 19 to 20 so yeah I'm all out on wide receiver 12 price for DeAndre Hopkins. Yo the Texans were second to worst in uh team red zone scoring percentage last year touchdowns only for they only converted 44%. That was second uh to last next to the New York Jets. So yeah. Last year, man, like all this, all this Hopkins stuff, I play in a, in a keeper league. And so some of the top guys are off the board in the first round. And I went with Hopkins as my first round pick. And last season will never like s- some fantasy seasons come and go and you don't really have s- something to remember it by. Last year will always be the year I took DeAndre Hopkins in the first round and I tilted every single week. It was awful being around you during that. Dude, it was so terrible. It was so terrible. And, like, I'm staying as far away from Hopkins as I can this year. I'm going to let someone else deal with the headache. Like, no thank you that early. That's – I understand he's he's a talented athlete and all that stuff. But, like you said, the situation isn't great. And I just don't believe in the Texans' offense until they show – you know, until they prove that they've gotten better. I'm not – I'm not buying it. All right, well, you're obviously not buying in at with Spencer Ware running back 17 either. 
No, and you know, look, Spencer Ware last year, he was a great pick at running back because you could get him so late. He was one of those zero running back target guys, and he returned like top 20 running back value. That's fine. That's great if you're going, you know, drafting a guy in the later rounds, like after round 10. Right now, he's running back 17. He's coming off the board in like fourth, fifth round-ish. I mean, he had three rushing touchdowns last year, five total. Um, I, I, like this year, he's going ahead of Ty Montgomery, Joe Mixon, who's a rookie, LeGarrette Blunt, Tevin Coleman. I don't understand where people's heads are at taking Ware ahead of these guys. All those guys have more upside than Ware. Um, he only had four games with double-digit fantasy points last year. Um, and I actually, per uh, Adam Teicher, who is the ESPN uh, reporter for the Kansas City Chiefs, he actually predicted rookie Kareem Hunt to be the uh, Chiefs' leading rusher and top pass catcher among running backs this year. Um, I think Kareem Hunt sort of fits the Andy Reid running back style more so than where. Like we saw LaShawn McCoy, Jamal Charles. I think Kareem Hunt more kind of fits that mold. Um, and I think, you know, we're going to see a competition in camp, and I think Kareem Hunt is going to, going to uh, claim his position. And as the season goes on, if Ware struggles, they're going to just throw Kareem Hunt in there and he's going to run away with the job. And there, there's the major red flag here for me is Ware's decline the second half of the season last year. He averaged 5.2 yards per carry and had 16 runs of at least 10 yards in the first six games. He averaged 3.6 yards per carry and had four runs of 10 or more yards in the final 10 games. So he started hot. He fell off. I mean, they traded up to get Hunt, and uh, I think I think it's only a matter of time until Hunt takes over this job. So buying where at his current price at RB17 is just uh, – it's, it's loony. You guys are loony. I don't know where this I, is coming from. I thought we were on the same page about the Kareem Hunt thing being out of control a few episodes ago. What, you're not with sure. me anymore? Sure, sure. That was – okay, that was because we were coming off – the the draft season hype and all this stuff but now it's been it's been a few weeks it's been a few weeks kareem hunt is picking up the offense you know people like this kid they traded up to get him i don't know i might be back on the kareem hunt side i'm i'm teetering here it's oh well this is outrageous i'm teetering what do you want from me bro i know you love you you you're a big spencer ware supporter I mean, last year he was a zero running back guy, and he came through, so that was great. But I just don't think he's worth where he's being drafted right now. Yeah, I, I think like I kind of have the same opinion that I did uh, back when we talked about this about a month ago. That I can see this ADP really shifting. Like right now, I agree with you that I I don't really am not all that into Spencer Ware at running back uh, seventeen because I think yeah. this is just going to be an outright committee. Yeah. Uh, you, you talked about some of the guys going right behind him in terms of Mixon, uh, Adrian Peterson, Ty Montgomery for sure, like most of those guys better. Um, if Ware was going to be the starter, I'd be all in on that running back 17 uh, price, but the fact that I think he's probably going to be a 1A at best makes me a little hesitant. Uh, although, you know, again, we're, we're talking about this right now in late June. Yeah. By the time, you know, August rolls around, I could easily see where being like in the running back three range and then I'm back in on him and right. Kareem Hunt kind of going up the board just based on hype or whatever. Uh, cause I, I'm, I don't think, I don't think Kareem Hunt is like that good. 
Um, and I don't think he's just going to, I do think that there will be a committee, but I don't, I wouldn't be projecting that he's just going to outright make Spencer Ware go away. And, and to be honest with you, I probably just don't want to draft uh, either one of these guys at, at the cost that I think they will land at come August. Yeah, even Kareem Hunt's kind of expensive right now, like among rookies and stuff. So it's it's just a weird situation in Kansas City, and I'm not ready to buy it until we kind of see what plays out in camp. And just too early, too early to take where, uh, you know, in the fourth round for me. That's that's quite early. Well, speaking of rookie running backs, my next guy is Dalvin Cook at running back 24, and. Ooh. Woof. Uh, I yeah. think that the Vikings are shaping up to be one of the uglier backfield committees out there because I think Jarek McKinnon is not just going to be rendered useless. He did improve as a pass catcher down the stretch, and I think he projects well to be like that third down uh, role. Like, let's not forget Dalvin Cook was one of the worst pass blocking running backs coming out of the draft, and that can easily not not only get your third down duties taken away, but just keep you on the field uh, much less than you would normally be if it was just right. due to your running style. So, right. you know, I, I think Jerk McKinnon is going to play a role. And look, they signed Latavius Murray, and we've seen this Vikings staff be quite content to just give a plotter in Matt, I mean, the ultimate plotter in Matt Asiata plenty of carries and plenty of work despite having, you know, a younger, more athletic guy in Jerick McKinnon. So, I think they, they gave Latavius Murray money. I think they will still play him. Um, and I can easily see this being a three-way running back committee. And like, and this is already an offense that didn't run the ball at all well last year. They've they've made some additions to their offensive line, but like how good uh, are they really, you know, with there with guys like Riley Reef and 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 uh and the Remmers from Carolina. Like, I don't think they're just suddenly gonna be a star-studded offensive line, a star-studded rushing offense, even though I think that the passing offense looks pretty good there in Minnesota at running back 24. I know that's like not an egregious price or anything, but when you think about a rookie who we don't know too much about, and then also in a, what could be a pretty gross backfield committee, like there's no way I'm taking Dalvin cook at 59th overall, or even running back 24 guys going after him, like Bilal Powell, Garrett Blunt, Tevin Coleman, like all those guys better than I like, um, then I do like Dalvin Cook. Even Mike Gillisley at running back 28 is much more appealing just from like the touchdown and potential early two-down upside in a great offense and as opposed to somebody who is going to be in a three-way committee in an offense that is not New England. So, yeah, you can count me out on, on Dalvin Cook unless he's like closer to like a almost maybe eighth or maybe even that's a kind of aggressive, like maybe like an eighth or ninth round pick I think is fine, but yeah, not I'm at that price. I'm kind of with you on this, and uh, if like Jarek McKinnon isn't even listed on on this list of running back ADP, like he's just fallen into the ether. Like I would much rather grab Jarek McKinnon for free in like the 14th round than take a chance on Dalvin Cook, who, like you said, we have no idea like what his role is going to be, you know, how he's going to succeed, like in, in an offensive line full of bums there in Minnesota. Um, it's just people, people get these, people get this thing in their head about these rookie running backs who were highly touted coming out of college. And it's just, it's hard to like get over that psychological hump of, yeah, but you might want to give it a year, you know? So, right. I mean, Latavius Murray himself right now is running back 39 and, you know, he's had some off season health questions, whatever, but like, I'm not necessarily in on Murray. 
uh, but the price difference between the two when we don't really know who's going to be the starter, especially this this group of uh, Vikings coaches have, or at least uh, under Mike Zimmer, have long been a little harsher to rookies uh, in and for in terms of skill position players uh, than anything else. So yeah, I, I, I would I don't know that the price differential here really makes a lot of sense. Yeah, man, I'm with you on Dalvin Cook. It's just let's pump the brakes a little bit on him. I love him as a dynasty guy and a prospect, but not a great situation. All right, last guy I want to talk about. How, how many seasons are we going to do this to ourselves, you guys, okay? We're talking about Sammy Watkins here, Buffalo Bills wide receiver. He's going wide receiver 18. He's like perennial, like, first three-round pick. He's got all kinds of upside if he's healthy, but he's never freaking healthy. He's, I think he's missed 11 games in the last two seasons, and even when he's on the field, it's questionable if he's 100%. He gives you the injury report headache every week. Is he going to play? Is he not going to play? He's questionable. They determine Sunday he's going to play on a bum foot, and, and, you know, he doesn't do anything. And it's like, I can't buy into Sammy Watkins anymore. He just had another surgery on his foot back in January. So, yes, he's had six months off to rest it, and it's been compared to the second surgery Julio Jones had a couple years ago on his foot. And he's been – Pretty much fine ever since. He's had a few minor issues, but they're saying like the second surgery should solve these ongoing issues. But he's had other issues beyond just his foot. Um, he's going 37, 37 overall in ADP. I mean, Buffalo is the most run-heavy team in the NFL per last year's stats. Um, they only had 17 passing touchdowns last year in Buffalo. That was fourth least in the NFL. Uh, and and coming off of this foot surgery in January, we're we're still seeing injury report updates on Sammy Watkins. Where is he at? What is he doing? He's limited in work. He's probably going to be limited in training camp. Is he going to play in the preseason? I don't know. If he doesn't play in the preseason, he's probably going to have a really slow start to the regular season. And look, when he's on the field and he's healthy and Tyrod Taylor and Sammy Watkins and LaShawn McCoy are all out there together, the Bills are one of the most intimidating offenses in the league i just can't buy into watkins given the risk at 37 overall in a redraft right now yeah watkins is a pretty tempting player to me especially after um none of jeremy macklin or eric decker ended up in buffalo especially macklin was was rumored pretty heavily to be going there and and lashawn mccoy was at least pushing for it publicly even though they weren't one of the top teams contending for him like Watkins is pretty much going to own that passing game all to himself. I mean, the rest of their receivers, they're like Zay Jones. Andre Holmes is like getting camp buzz, which is, you know, give me a break. Um, (laughs) Charles Clay is banged up. Like, I get it with the injury thing with Watkins. And, you know, the Bills know him best. And they they yanked the fifth year. They didn't give him the fifth year option. So, like, it makes a ton of sense. But Watkins is a lot. I was talking about this a little bit with Dez earlier. He's the same sort of player that – if he's going to be like my wide receiver one, even my wide receiver two, no thanks. Like if I've taken running backs early, but if that third round comes around, I'm kind of taking a zero RB approach and say like I've gone, you know, AJ Green in the first round and then doubled down with like a Michael Thomas in the second round. Having yeah. the week to week upside of Sammy Watkins as my wide receiver three when he's going to be available to give me that like over the hill punch. Yeah, I kind of dig it. So in that situation. I can understand his price. Like he's he's pretty tempting to me this year, even though he's in that same sort of situation as like Keenan Allen right now. That like if he's out by week two, well, I have nobody really to blame but myself. But uh, right, right. 
but yes, yeah, so I, I think I'm I'm in on Watkins this year. I'm gonna, I'm gonna disagree, disagree with you on that one, but it it all depends on the context of your team. Would you rather take Sammy Watkins or Allen Robinson, who's going a spot ahead of him, like a spot before Watkins? Yeah, I think I'd rather have Robinson, um, but I but I think but I but I think Watkins has higher upside. Like I think I can see Watkins finishing in the top uh, because just because he has a more stable quarterback situation, I think um, he generally is going to receive better targets and he will own a more dominant percentage of that offense than. Robinson does and and the Jaguars becoming more rush heavy too like I don't know if Robinson has a top five fantasy ceiling but I think Watkins could if he stays healthy for 16 games which you know is obviously a stretch that's yeah that's that's the big thing I just I can't I just can't do it with I can't pull the trigger with Watkins so I'm not going to be drafting him I'm gonna skip over him unless his ADP falls but I don't really see that happening because he has generated a lot of hype he's a buy in the dynasty league which I understand but I don't know, man. I just I can't do it. I can't keep doing this year after year and seeing the the returns just come up short. So who you got next on your list? So my last guy is a tough one, but it's it's my son Christian McCaffrey at running back fourteen. Sad. I love look. I love (laughs) Christian McCaffrey. He's like my favorite pick the Panthers have made since Cam Newton. I love it from a football perspective. Um, I think the concerns about him fitting in with Cam Newton, Carolina are way overblown. I think it'll be just fine, like fit wise. But you know, running back fourteen is a steep price, dude. Like that's that's rough for a guy that like if maybe if they had let go of Jonathan Stewart and Christian McCaffrey is going to be the clear starting running back and going to get you know two hundred fifty carries. But I, you can't really predict that with a guy like Jonathan Stewart in the backfield who can still play. Like, he's still effective when he's on the field. Obviously, he's, he's a guy that gets injured a, a fair bit, too. But I think Stewart's going to matter more than people think. And just running back 14 is an aggressive price. Like, it, it's one of those things where I love McCaffrey this season. I think he's, he's, I think he should be the favorite for Offensive Rookie of the Year. I think he'll be dynamic. I think he'll make big plays and big moments, et cetera, et cetera. But when it comes time to it, like, fantasy-wise, like, at some point you have to say, well, do I really feel comfortable enough like clicking on his name in the third round of a fantasy draft? And right. I I don't. It's like I just got you got to be honest with yourself and I just don't feel comfortable with that despite the fact that I'm really excited about him and I think like the fit is better than people imagine, but you know, 31st overall pick in a fantasy draft. Yeah, I don't think I can I don't think I can really justify that. Yeah, I mean, and we don't know how they're going to use him. They're probably going to use him in all kinds of cool ways, but in his rookie season, like, him being a question mark coming into the year, like, I just want to take a guy in those early rounds where I know what his role is, like, I know his style of play, I know how he's going to fit in the offense, like an Isaiah Crowell or even a guy like Carlos Hyde, like, who are each That's going. gross. Well, you, ah, know what I, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, though. I'm just making a comparison of, like, we know what these guys yeah. are. We know what they're going to give us. Christian McCaffrey could be great, but he could also, you know, lose lose volume to Jonathan Stewart, like you said. They could use him as a wide receiver, and then he's competing for targets with Kelvin Benjamin and Devin Funches and Greg Olson. Like we just don't know, and it's just yeah, I'm with you on. I saw like I I saw you put him on your list, and I was like, running back 14. What? Yeah, That's right. Insane, dude. Like the maybe- problem when you get to problem when you get to this range with running backs is like there's just like a fair few guys that I like in this range. Like you mentioned, 
you know, and, and that's that's why a guy like McCaffrey, who's new and exciting and, and could be could be a great fantasy pick this year. But again, it's just what, how are you comfortable doing it in the third round? Like I'm looking at the running backs after him. And like, I like Crowell, like you mentioned, Carlos Hyde gross. Like you couldn't pay me to pay a running back 16 price for Carlos Hyde. Um, then next yeah. is like Spencer Ware. We talked about him, Joe Mixon at running back 18. I'm in on that. And I think he, I think he should be taken ahead of McCaffrey yeah. uh, in redraft leagues this year, just based on like the level of competition and, and the overall potential for, for, for volume in that offense but you know then you get to guys like adrian peterson we talked about him ty montgomery's another player i like so really in that range there's like kind of only there's really only like two or three guys that i even like want to pick in general uh and you know then you're getting down to like running back 22 with cj anderson it's like all right eddie lacy's there all right all right and it's like i get it i get why these guys are getting pushed up but running back 14 like i said i just don't I just don't envision and I, talking about fitting the uh, the your roster your or your picks to fit the rest of your roster. Like I just don't know like what's the roster composition that is going to make me feel good about clicking Christian McCaffrey in the late third round of a redraft league. It, like it just that's a tough one. Well, everyone, you guys, you heard it here first. Matt Harmon hates Christian McCaffrey and does not think he's good at football. How dare you even slander <laughs> me like that? That's... I mean, that's basically what you said. I par- I just paraphrased. So, yeah. no, no, no. I know. I know. I hope he has a great career. He's gonna be. He's definitely gonna be a stud. I just don't want to take him in his rookie year that early. Yeah, like of all the of all the ones I've talked about, this is the one that hurt the most, and the one that I'm <sighs> hope I'm the most wrong about because I think he's gonna be awesome. But yeah, just again, the comfortability, I just don't ever see it. So, I hear you, I, buddy. That was, that was a pretty good, pretty good little segment there. Pretty good little segment about some some guys that we think people need to eh relax about. So I'm 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 glad we had that discussion. Yeah, me too. All right, cool. Let's, well, uh, let's take a quick break here, and uh, we'll come back on the other side with our music and beer picks of the week. All right, sounds good. All right, everybody. We want to remind you about the sponsor of today's show. It's the Duchamp's Grooming Company. Their vintage-inspired, handmade grooming products for the modern-day man are incredible. They have a fantastic beard oil and beard balm to get your facial hair looking just right. They also have a hair wax to make you look stylish as as all get out, or even a little bit of lip balm there that's scented very nice. Now, for the ladies out there, if you still want to grab some products from them, which we encourage you to do so, they have plenty of kits to get your loved ones a present. All these handmade products are awesome. I use them every day. I have them in my pocket right now. They even have a signature scent. Um, You can find all this stuff at the online shop at www.duchampsgroming.co. That's duchampsgrooming.co. They have an online shop and follow them on Instagram, duchampsgroomingco, and on Twitter, at Duchamps Groom Co. Find them, follow them, retweet them, and buy their stuff. All right, let's get back to the show. All right. Welcome back to Fantasy Hipsters Podcast. Uh, Before we get into our music and beer picks of the week franchise, why don't you tell them who this segment is sponsored by? As always, the music and beer section is sponsored by Flag and Anthem. They are a vintage-inspired menswear brand uh, for guys who are in life's sweet spot, kind of like me and Harmon and all of our listeners. And, you know, if you're in life's sweet spot, you know. So, like, I don't have to tell you who you are. But look, I'm definitely in life's sweet spot. You, you definitely are. I know. I know. 
Uh, so, you know, go to flagandanthem.com. That's the website. Check out some of their new featured items in the shop. And uh, they make clothing for guys who are too busy enjoying life to obsess about micro microtrends like me and Harmon. We're way too busy. And they make classics that are always cool. And uh, it's subtle, smart, well-made style for the kind of guy who values hard work, but also knows how to unwind and have a good time. And right now, as always, we're rewarding our podcast listeners with a 25% off promo code for your first order at flagandanthem.com. Just enter promo code Fantasy Hipsters, all one word upon checkout. You get the discount. You can revamp your closet for the summer months. Look, Flag and Anthem, they're all about red, white, and blue and, you know, being representing America. And what better clothing to wear on 4th of July weekend, which is right around the corner. So go order some stuff so you have it for the 4th. Uh, follow them on social media at flagandanthem.co and, uh, you know, Hook it up. Wear, wear some red, white, and blue on the 4th of July. I mean, are, aren't you guys American except for our, uh, you know, international listener, listener? Sorry, don't mean to segregate you guys. But, you know, just, tr you know, country pride here, USA. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's our week's coming up. Come on. I mean, if you're, if you're in France, it's, your, your colors are red, white, and blue, too. So it works for French people nice save bro <laughs> that was that was bad but flagandanthem.com promo code fantasy hipsters 25% off do it all right, all right man it. what's your music pick for this week all right because it's it's fourth of july and people are going to be barbecuing and hanging out in pools and backyards relaxing a little bit the artist this week is a dj duo that i really enjoy they're actually called poolside it's one word poolside because they make music. They actually started producing their music in a pool house garage. Um, so that's how they came up with their name. Uh, but it's mostly kind of like chill electronic beats. There's some uh, lyricism going on, but it's not like you need to pay attention to the lyrics. It's perfect for throwing on if you're chilling on a float in the pool with an IPA in your hand. Maybe whatever beer Harmon's going to recommend next. Uh, throw some poolside on. It's just every time I put this band on and I'm like outside in a pool, people are like, oh, wow, this is great for like being in a pool right now. Who is this? And I'm like, it's poolside. And they're like, that makes sense. So they just put a, a brand new album out called Heat, uh, just in time for summer. Last week that came out. They have their, their other album is called uh, Pacific Standard Time. So they're all about chilling, summertime, poolsideness, pool vibes. Um, throw on their catalog and just chill and you'll understand what I'm talking about. So check out Poolside. Nice. I dig it. Well, hey, look, my beer pick is definitely going to go well with this. We think we talked about this on, on the Mail Satchel episode when uh, one of our listeners, Phil, emailed in about uh, recommending Victory Brewery. And I got to say, I'm going to just double recommend them here because I went up to Philadelphia to visit my buddy this past week uh, and I per, per uh, Phil's recommendation, I got some, uh, victory, victory brewings, uh, summer, uh, summer love beer and holy oh. hell, it's definitely a good one. I posted the picture on Instagram. I tweeted it and, uh, great beer. It was really good out of a can and out of a bottle. Uh, cause I liked it so much when I got it at a, at a spot we had lunch at up there where he lives in Philly in Ambler. Uh, or near Philly, he lives in the little town called Ambler, and uh, so I had it lunch, at lunch there, and I liked it so much. Got it when we were out. 
uh, had it in draft and then in a bottle I bought it for my mom's little wedding reception thing that we just had so I've been drinking a ton of it since it was recommended really enjoy it I'm gonna miss it because I don't think I'm gonna see it too much back on the west coast but uh, one of the highlights of the trip obviously was, was drinking this beer so that's my recommendation for this week it's not you know the typical IPA jargon that I'm always uh, recommending on here definitely something you can drink when you're outside uh, and you're listening to some of franchises music recommendation and you're wearing some flag and anthem on the fourth so uh, go and get it damn that's that's synergy right there well all right i uh i think that's it for this week yeah man that's it well uh well we forgot to talk about this out uh, up on the top because we're idiots but uh right right we will not be back next week we will have our mail satchel special to to round out this week of episodes but we will not be back next week or the week after we are going to take a little brief hiatus, uh, and if you want to blame somebody, you can blame me. Uh, it's my fault that we have to do this, so uh, that's the way it's going to be. So we will not hear from the hipsters for uh, the next couple of weeks, and you know we'll uh, we'll let you know when the show is going to be going to be coming back. But we're going to take a few weeks, little hiatus here, and uh, like I said, you can blame me. So yeah, whatever. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've been going all off season, man. I think we've we've uh, we've served our listeners pretty well. And uh, I think, you know, we deserve a break. We deserve it. I would say so. So we're going to reward ourselves with that break. So we will be back with the Mail Satchel special on Friday. And then after that, we will, uh, I don't know when we'll see you, but uh, hopefully we will see you again. And uh, for that, I I don't have anything else to say. So Me neither, man. All right. Well, then, hipsters out. Hipsters out. Nice. I didn't just, see that. Just been happening as we've been potting. Wow. Oh, and there's a gif of LeVar Ball taking his shirt off. I'm getting off Twitter again. <laughs> Alright. Uh, I'll bring us I'll bring us back in. Alright. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.